Welcome to the Hot Level Podcast. Kevin A.C., Padres beat writer for the Union Tribune, Ryan Finley, sports editor of uh, the Union Tribune. We are coming to you today. Uh, today, as we tape this, is October 25th, Wednesday. Uh, it's about 2 o'clock in the afternoon, which means A.J. Preller has talked, and that was after Bob Melvin's press conference in San Francisco. Bob Melvin is now the manager of the San Francisco Giants. If you're listening to this podcast, I figure you already know that, but that's what we're talking about today. And Ryan... I'm going to let you kind of guide where you want to go with this. You've got your, uh, you know, it's my job to pay attention to the Padres and, and what's going on there. And and I think that you've got a real sense of maybe uh, what people are talking about, what people mm-hmm. want to know. You, wh- where do you want to start with this and where do you want to go? I think if you're surprised that this has happened as a fan, you're probably not paying attention. Um, as recently as... What, Kevin, six, seven weeks ago, uh, you began reporting in earnest about uh, the, the conflict between A.J. Prowler and Bob Melvin, stemming from a number of different things. Uh, the final week of the regular season, the Giants announced that they're firing Gabe Kapler. And, I mean, you had it was a Padres Daily Newsletter lead that said, you know, did the Giants just sort of give the Padres and Bob Melvin an out? And, you know, they talked following the season. And, and I think we should be really clear as we do just a little bit of background here. Kevin. We should be really clear when they said after the season, they um, when A.J. Preller and Bob Melvin both talked Preller on a conference call and Melvin to you. They both said that they were going to continue working together and that Preller had said, you know, Bob's our manager. Bob's under contract. That's not committing to the manager. That's stating facts. Correct. Uh, yeah. We knew then that this could really take a left-hand turn if the Giants indeed decided to focus on Bob Melvin. And they interviewed and a handful of other we knew, Like, uh, that was out there. Like, was everyone, out there. everyone right. kind of knew that that was a possibility. Absolutely. That was a possibility. He was a former catcher for the Giants. He grew up in the Bay Area. He's been an admirer of their organization for some time. Uh, I think that it was just a matter of how interested were the Giants in Bob Melvin. And that all came to a head. This weekend, Kevin, you've written this multiple times, but it seems like this is a convenient out for both Bob Melvin and AJ Preller. Bob Melvin gets a three-year deal, which is two more than he had with the Padres, than he had left with the Padres. AJ Preller gets to hire a new manager without sort of having the stink on him as the guy who kills managers. It's sort of, you know, this is uh, an interesting out for both of them. Kevin, those are my words and not your words. So please uh, straighten me out here. No, I do think that's interesting. Out, I was kind of smirking at like uh, your, your, you're correct. Like it's it. He didn't fire Bob Melvin. No. I my sense, and I'm basing this on the way the media has many of the media have asked questions and 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 feedback that I have gotten uh, from fans that the stink is still there though. That like they believe that this was AJ Preller's doing, and and you know what? It was to a large extent. I mean, mm-hmm. AJ Preller is complicit in this divorce, and that's that is what it is, right? Um, and but Bob Melvin is as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but speaking to that of it being an out, absolutely. Thank you to the Giants is what the Padres should be saying. Heck, maybe they said it. Um, the the opportunity came up. It's awesome that it also has a part of the story is Bob Melvin gets to go back to the Bay Area. Bob Melvin played for the Giants. He grew up in the East Bay. Obviously, was the manager of the A's, his real hometown team for a long time. Uh, but he's going back to the Bay Area. I will tell you that Bob Melvin loves the way the Giants do business, man. He loves their roster and the whole left-right thing. And he, 
I just he didn't if you if you were reading at all his quotes from or hearing his quotes from time to time, he wasn't a huge fan of playing the same guys every day. Um, didn't matter if, um, you know, I think he might have felt a little different about it. Had Manny Machado, Xander Bogarts, Juan Soto and Fernando Tatis Jr. more consistently been themselves this year, uh, mm-hmm. then it might have been a little more OK. But, mm-hmm. you know, he felt to a large extent he had to play those guys every day and bat them where he had to bat them. And they weren't performing and that, that he felt hamstrung. Well, he's not going to have that problem with the Giants. Right. And, and you know what? That's part of the bench thing, too, right? Is yep. The pa- Padres did not have a particularly capable bench last year. Some of that may just be roster construction by A.J. Preller, who, to me, it seems is fine with running out durable young players every day. Um, in San Francisco, maybe Bob will have a chance to do it's so fun. Well, Kevin, answer this for me. In Oakland, um, it was a little bit more of a paint by numbers situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, for Bob Melvin than it was in San Diego. Bob, AJ Preller actually gave Bob Melvin um, more of a chance to manage game to game, day to day here than Bob had in Oakland, correct? Yes. The, I don't know where I've said that several times. I'm, I'm sure that others in the media have. Um, Preller said it. Melvin said it. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure the, where, where the narrative of, of AJ Preller meddling in that portion of the manager's job, why that perpetuates. I, I don't, I don't know. And there's not really much more I can do about it. Um, but that is the case. And it's the giants is more similar to the ACE. Um, there, there is a lot more of the kind of day-to-day input on this is who we use in these situations. Um, mm-hmm. Though the manager has some autonomy as he did mm-hmm. with the A's, but there is a lot more of Here's what we do in these situations than there there was and there is with the Padres. Sure. A.J. Preller, for the record, said today that, you know, they didn't really discuss compensation with the Giants because they didn't want to complicate the, the situation that, um, that he said. He said something about doing what's right. Um, is is I, that spin or is that real? I think that's real. Also, you're, you're you know. Everybody knew the situation here, right? Everybody knew this was good for everybody. Uh, you don't always get compensation. It, this was this was best for everybody, as when Bob Melvin left the A's and the Padres didn't give up anything to the A's. Um, it was best for everybody. This was who the Giants targeted, and it made a lot of sense for them. But they knew what the Padres' uh, aim was and what Bob Melvin's aim was. So there really didn't need to be a, any compensation here. Can I tell you for sure that there wasn't a, an initial ask? I can't tell you that, but but I, I've been on the record for, for a few days in various places saying that I didn't think that there would be uh, any compensation. Right, because these are two men who, while they disagree, I, I think that there's some mutual respect there. I mean, A.J. A. Preller wasn't going to stand in Bob Melvin's way if Bob Melvin wanted to go somewhere else. Right. Absolutely. For both selfish reasons and because he wasn't going to do that. I don't think that Bob would have been leaving if their relationship was great. I don't think Bob would be leaving if they just won the World Series Um, and everything else was the same. Gabe Kapler was fired and the hometown job was open. I'm sorry. That just wouldn't be happening. But uh, so the reality is that there were there were problems between them there. 
that is an important point, I think. You know, I like to push back against this whole black and white thing, you know, 100 to zero, uh, 100% to 0% fault or or 100% good, uh, 0% good. I like to push back on that. So I think it's important to note that, yes, there was a mutual respect. Uh, they, they did appreciate things about each other. That devolved, okay, it did. They continued to talk. I witnessed it with my own eyes. People told me about it. They worked together. Remember this team won whatever it was, 14 of 16. It doesn't matter since they finished 82 and 80. So I, I don't have those numbers quite, uh, but I believe it was 14 of 16. Uh, remember they went to the NLCS in 2022. And as I've reported, things were not great then, um, but it devolved. It devolved. And anything you hear about it not being as bad as the media has painted is simply not true. It was not a good relationship. And it got to the point where there really wasn't much that that Bob Melvin could tolerate about almost anyone in the front office, uh, anyone aligned or perceived to have been aligned with A.J. Preller. That's where it got. And that's how it gets often in these divorces, right? Like, like I've seen enough, unfortunately, friends and, and all that where you can't even tell anymore where the this particular problem started or was this problem really as big as this problem alone or did all these other resentments you know lead to what should have been a five on the problem scale becoming a nine on the problem scale this wasn't nuclear except for man i'm just so mad about this decision and this decision and and uh, that's how it was yeah, Kevin, a conspiracy theorist would say that this was the plan all along, that you hold the press conference uh, a month ago and you say uh, Peter Seidler wants all of us to work together. And so we're going to do that. Bob Melvin is our manager and we will work uh, together next year. And they look like maybe not a dysfunctional group, knowing darn well that the Giants were going to turn around and interview Bob Melvin. And if they interviewed him, Bob Melvin was going to get the job. And if Bob Melvin got offered the job, Bob Melvin was going to. And some of that's true, like right. all conspiracy theories, right? <laughs> right. But to put to but to tie that all together, you would need the Giants, um, the Giants uh cooperation, right? Sure. So you'd have to have all three of these people, right? In mm-hmm. in concert, where uh, uh yeah, Giants, you're gonna do this for sure, right? <laughs> right? Because if we bring him back, right, like if we right. owe him four million bucks, uh that's just not how it was. You started it at the beginning talking about uh, what what maybe people heard the Padres mm-hmm. and Bob Melvin say that they right. didn't actually say. Right. Um, and so they 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 had almost there was almost no other avenue that I or anybody I've talked to saw mm-hmm. other than them to say Bob Melvin is our manager going forward. Right. Bob Melvin told you, quote, I'm excited for next year. And they won't. They won't <laughs> yeah. um, well, if you're Bob Melvin, you have to, no matter what, talk about how as and you all you basically have to live too. the man's been around a long time. He's experienced. He's not a dummy. You have to live in the moment to a certain extent while also having your people back channel with the Giants and, and that sort of thing. And I'm sure when he packed up, this is my speculation, when he packed up his office, he took anything he'd need, hoping he wouldn't be back. Sure, fine. That does not mean that on October 4th, when A.J. Preller talked, and October 5th, when Bob Melvin talked, that they had this, like they were having to hold back their laughter because mm-hmm. they, at that point, Bob Melvin was going to be the manager. Just as naive would be anybody to think that that meant that they were going to get along. And the reason that I believe more than anything, this is best for everyone is the potential for this to have been a disaster was high. 
right? Mm -hmm. The potential, like, look, from my perspective, having to keep an eye on it again. I mean, it was a, it was exhausting the last season to Mm -hmm. responsibly report this. And I think that there were many people who felt like I should have been documenting this day by day by day uh, and, and all this. Well, that would have started last season. I just want to take you back a little bit. Last August, and I'm hearing about problems. Of 2022, August 2022. Yeah. When I say hearing about problems, that wasn't the first time, but to the point where I'm like, okay, I got to report this. We're getting real close. Mm -hmm. And I started to do that, started to do the reporting process. And then the Padres started winning. And my Mm -hmm. philosophy is I don't need to be the guy to blow things up. Okay. I don't need to be first all the time. What I need to do is give you context on this team and tell you what's happening. I didn't tell you how great their relationship was. I didn't buy, you know, even if it was said, I didn't, I didn't write it. Um, And then this year, there were a lot of things going on. Obviously ended up writing about some of the clubhouse things um, and, and uh, Melvin and Preller and Melvin in the front office. But I'm not saying that my timing was perfect, but I waited until I wasn't going to be the story. I was telling you the story of what was happening with the team, right? Like, Mm -hmm. Like here's what has gone wrong. There's there's just a there's just a lot that goes into that. And honestly, Ryan, I, I don't know how much we're going to have to keep going over this. It didn't work out, man. Hey, like I said in the very beginning, if you're surprised that all this has gone down, you haven't been paying attention. Um, if you are surprised that all this is going down. Uh, might I introduce you to a San Diego Union Tribune electronic subscription, which I'm sure you could get uh, six months for a a pretty reasonable fee. Uh, This has been going on for months. Kevin, like all divorces, um, I think a lot of this comes down to compatibility and trust. Uh, You know, these were two two men who, for one reason or another, uh, did not feel like they could trust each other. Uh, As A.J. Preller tries to hire another manager, I think trust is probably tops on his list. So is alignment. Tell me what the difference is between being aligned with the GM and being a puppet for the GM. This is going to be a tricky one. And I don't know that anything that happens outside of him, I I honestly don't know how he changes the narrative at this point, because uh, if he hires someone that, and, and the, and the descriptions that are given are about how they align with each other. I think that based on, the judgments that people have deep seated in them in them about AJ Preller, it's going to be that he hired a yes man. Mm-hmm. I would say that would we should probably let that one play out. I'm not saying he didn't, but I'm just saying we should probably let that one play out. To your question, what's the difference between being aligned and uh, a yes man? I think that any boss would want to hire subordinates, managers. Obviously, we're talking about a baseball manager here, but managers underneath them, people are going to manage people that are going to be their surrogates that align with them. Mm -hmm. Um, You want to get someone with experience, someone that can challenge you, Mm -hmm. uh, but someone who's aligned with you, someone who has your, and and AJ Preller today, and I'll write about this later in the week, talked about what he was looking for. And in Mm -hmm. some of those things, without saying it, he was talking about what he didn't have with Bob Melvin. Um, a little more urgency, uh, talking about, I can't remember if he talked about it. I think maybe alluded to it, how they prepare. Okay. Uh, communication 
And AJ has a lot of work to do there, as I've written several times. The manager, the former manager, probably could have done better there too. So AJ has a lot of work to do there. I want to reiterate that. But there's a lot of things that AJ didn't feel that he had with Bob Melvin. And despite what people think, um, he was okay with that for a long time. Mm-hmm. Because he, you know why? Because they were winning. Um, and then as, as 2023 wore on, because he thought they would win still. Right. Like good mm-hmm. roster. Eventually, these guys are going to start hitting. The pitching's really good. Bob Melvin's a good manager. We're, you know, all right. We brought him in for all that. And then it didn't happen. And, you know, uh, that's how it goes. Um, I, I, I'm not sure if I've I've uh, if I've used this analogy on here before, but uh, you know what? You're you're married, Ryan. I am. So you'll get this. Losing. Or, or going along at 500 is like your everyday life in marriage and family. Working all the hours, paycheck to paycheck, a lot of people. Uh, and even if you're not, like things are tough at times and bills to be paid and uh, appointments to be met and, you know, disagreements and I'm not getting my way. And, and why do you always want this and demands and I'm tired? That's the grind of the baseball season. When you're on vacation, and maybe it's a vacation that someone else helped pay for or paid for. There's no fights, right? You're in an all-inclusive resort. Someone's taking care of the kids. You and your wife are drinking some rum drinks. That's winning. That's a winning streak. It's easy to get along on vacation. It's easy to get along on a winning streak. That was the difference between 2022 and 2023. If 2023 had been like 2022, Bob Melvin would still be the manager of the Padres. Mm -hmm. People have not gotten along before, and the public hasn't found out about it. This one became public uh, through various channels, Mm -hmm. and I'm not excusing it. I'm not saying that doesn't mean that A.J. Preller doesn't have a lot of fault in this, or Bob Melvin doesn't have a lot of fault in this, or some fault, or whatever. But, like, there have been teams that were disasters, or from the outside, we all thought they were. And, you know, I think if we all take a step back, provided they do some things this offseason with pitching, provided some of the good players on this team play like the good players they're going to be paid to be, this could be a pretty good team in 2024. And I just want, before we leave, to to make sure that we're not, like, talking about, like, this team, like it is the, the biggest disaster out there. Does it have too much drama? Should it be embarrassed? The answers to those questions, I think, are a resounding yes. Yeah, no, I agree. And I think that it's worth making this point, and I don't think we have to belabor it, Kevin, but we should acknowledge it. A.J. Preller, in every hire he, I'm sorry, A.J. Preller surrounds himself frequently with people who are not yes men. He he brings in people from all areas of life, people who disagree with him. To paint him as somebody who will only hire a yes man, I think is to willfully ignore the fact that A.J. Preller has, in many cases, surrounded himself with people who question him and with people who have maybe different philosophies than he does. This is not the uh, Ivy League good old boys club making every decision. A.J. Preller does surround himself with different kinds of people. He does, and he and he likes to listen, and I've witnessed a lot of it, and I've talked to a lot of other people. Um, I've talked to people that are allies of Bob Melvin who say that. Um, I've talked to people that don't say that, right. They say that that's not true. Right now. The thing you have to remember when you're reporting things 
and I can't expect the consumer to really know this or whatever, but like it, it probably happens. It happens in all of our lives. Sometimes when people are telling you things, they're just parroting a narrative mm-hmm. and you have to work through that as a reporter because it's the easiest thing in the world to do to just go, Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. That confirms what I thought. That's confirms what I heard. Right. Right. Um, and, and so uh, again, AJ Preller is not a great communicator at times. Mm-hmm. As someone in the communication business who tries to communicate with him and someone who talks, I do communicate with a lot of people who try to communicate with him and the experiences often align. He is not a great communicator a lot. He has work to do for sure that I just want to make that clear. Mm-hmm. Um, but th- th- this was a two sided thing and it became increasingly so. Um, and I yeah, yeah, there was just a lot of reporting done on this and and. I just want to make that clear because uh, guess what? Bob Melvin's gone and AJ Preller is the guy you're stuck with. <laughs> but you're in the course of your reporting without telling people necessarily how the sausage is made here, Kevin, during the course of your reporting, that story that you were going to write changed. It did. Didn't and that's it? how a good story should be, by the way. Didn't it? Is it um, started with one, I- with one idea that you thought was going to be the story and that was going to be, perhaps more one-sided and the more you reported, the more you learned that both sides were at fault. Is that fair? Um, That both sides bore some responsibility, that there was a bigger reality to it than just this dysfunctional organization with uh, the, the, the crazy puppet master, AJ Preller. Mm -hmm. I think that if we're going to talk specifically about the one big story on AJ and Bob, if you had to decide you were going to color in uh, red the parts that were negative about AJ and in blue the parts that were um, negative about Bob. There'd be more red than blue in the story. Mm-hmm. But I tried to talk more about, you know, and at that point, now, what was it, two days later that Gabe Kapler was fired? Yeah. But at that point, and that story changed in the final hours even, <laughs> Peter Seidler had communicated internally that he wanted to keep both. And suddenly people were saying, yeah, that's probably what's going to happen. So my story was also looking forward to, as in people say that this can't go on like it is. But some of those same people, many of those same people are also saying it probably will go on. So how is it? Here's the issues that have been there and a little bit of how, you know, the things that need to get better. Um, So I don't know that they were going to, um, you know. But desperate times call for desperate measures. I firmly believe the, the, you know, here's the beautiful thing about baseball players, professional athletes in general, baseball players who have to have the fortitude mentally to grind through a 162 game season. They are the most self-centered people I've ever met. And they could not do what they do if they weren't. Mm-hmm. They were, there is a real good possibility that they were going to, you know, have a good 2024, no matter who was the manager, who was the general manager, because, you know, there some of them are playing for contracts, playing for pride, playing for the Hall of Fame, playing for whatever. Right. Um, I, I, it could have gone good. Mm-hmm. I think it also could have loomed over them and been a it, the big, big issue. So that's why I bring it full circle to say this was best for everyone. I know we're probably going to spend the next few months still rehashing it. And, and as much as I've reported on it, I still get these emails that say, I, you know, um, need to tell more about it. And Mm -hmm. 
I, I try to consider that and go, okay, all right. Um, what do I need to tell more about? But uh, I do believe that AJ Preller had a decent point today that, you know, they're looking forward and, and need to find a new manager. Sure. Think let's, the important let's, thing, let's move to that, is that they find the right manager. Right. And we've got uh, just about five minutes here on the tail end, Kevin, and I, I feel like I've kept our listeners hanging here, left them hanging. Uh, let's talk about who, who these the potential candidates are. It probably will not be Dusty Baker. Um, <laughs> since we've been talking, I got a text saying uh, a push alert saying that Dusty Baker is retiring. So uh, Dusty and his really cool wristbands are probably not going to be managing the Padres next year. The two names that, that you've written about at length here in the last few days, even before Bob Melvin leaving was official, uh, Mike Schilt and Ryan Flaherty, uh, you know both men well. Uh, you've covered both men. Uh, how are they similar and how are they different? Well, uh, one's 55, and that would be Mike Schilt. One is 37. That's a you know fairly big difference because one of them would be the youngest manager in the major leagues. That would be Ryan Flaherty. Uh, uh, Mike Schilt has managed uh, three and a half seasons, took the Cardinals to the playoffs three times, uh, did not win in the playoffs, uh, did not win a series, lost one here in San Diego in 2020. Um, but Then he lost uh, his a, job. Yeah. Had a, yeah. Lost his job after winning 17 in a row near the end of the 2021 season and then losing a wild card game mm-hmm. to uh, – that was the last year of the wild card game, uh, 2000 – or yeah, was it the last to year? The Do- was- to the Dodgers, yeah. To the Dodgers. Yeah. He lost the, the, um, the final game. Mm-hmm. Um, so – uh, you know, Mike Schilt, uh, I believe both these guys would be that guy that you could say were aligned with, with AJ Preller in, in, in a lot of things. And I think Mike Schilt in particular, uh, in terms of, uh, preparation, in terms of, uh, how to, uh, deal with, uh, issues that come up and, 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 uh, some of the finer points of the game. And that's not to say that Bob Melvin, you know, was completely lax in those areas. That's not what I'm saying. That's kind of what people hear. I think sometimes when you say something, it must mean that, well, if I'm saying something good about this guy, it must be bad about that guy. It's not what I'm saying. There were some things that, that Bob Melvin just felt. He didn't feel that it was important what you did before games uh, in terms of being on the field to practice this or that. And there were some drills in spring training or or whatever. There's just some things that he didn't find uh, important there, even as the team was struggling, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, there's also some things where, much like when mom and dad are fighting, maybe that don't get discussed with players because the mom and dad aren't aligned or it's, uh, well, mom said this, so you can't do that. And there was a little bit of that, uh, as I've written about, uh, with, so, so getting a manager you're aligned with where the players know those two guys are, are together. Um, and, and then look, it's the manager's job to let the players know he has their back too. Mm-hmm. It's a real fine line there, uh, for, you know, but that I think both those guys would fit that bill. Um, uh, I think that Ruben Niebla will also be a candidate. Um, he's expressed in, uh, interest in managing uh, before. And uh, so pitching coach Ruben Niebla, who has one year on his contract remaining, by the way, and is a, is a you know, is a favorite of the, of the front office there. Um, I think that it is possible that they would be interested in bringing Skip Schumacher uh, back. Yeah, I'll tell you this, if he weren't under contract as a manager, he'd be one of the first guys to get an interview. They they very much uh, like Skip, but Skip is under contract uh, with, with the Marlins, and it would be the kind of situation where you would have to uh, ask the Marlins for permission 
Uh, Skip's family lives in Orange County as a high school son, by the way, is committed to TCU uh, two years before he's out of high school. Uh, there's just a lot that would seem to make sense there. Here's something, though. Uh, that'd be a real PR hit for the Marlins after Skip Schumacher just took them to the playoffs and they just basically let their uh, general manager, Kim Ng, uh, walk. And that, that was a PR loss for them. Upset. Uh, there was a report in the New York Post about uh, the coaches, Skip, the players all being very upset about that. So I'm not sure that that would be something that would even be granted, but that's a possibility. You're going to have your big names that uh, have probably already uh, made it known um, that that they would be interested, Joe Girardi, uh, that type of thing. Look, the Padres have looked into Girardi before and almost all the big names before. Um, so they kind of know what those guys would bring. I think these interviews here – uh, Mike Schultz interview is ongoing from my understanding. Ryan Flaherty is on Friday. Uh, I think these are big, right? Uh, because Mike Schilt is a name that has been talked about as a na- internally as a natural successor and as someone who would be aligned with the thinking of members of the front office. Uh, so I think you could consider him like the favorite in the clubhouse, but or uh, the leader in the clubhouse. But, you know, the leader in the clubhouse sometimes gets passed. Padres have had leaders in the clubhouse for many of their other managerial searches. It's crazy. How say, say hello to Ron Gardenhire and Ron Washington for me. Yes. Um, it, I'm intrigued by two things, Kevin, and then we'll wrap because we got to wrap here. Number one, Skip Schumacher. Um, Padres management liked him so much that they came up with a phony baloney job title for him when he was here to keep him from going other places, right? Wasn't he the associate manager or like <laughs> – yeah. assistant to the regional manager or something. Now like then that. they did let him go to become right. bench coach of, uh, of the Cardinals. The Cardinals. And I believe that skip, you know, there would have been a compelling case for skip to have stayed. Like I said, family and, and, and all that he's always been talked about as a future manager. He didn't, he didn't need to leave to now. He loves the Cardinals. That was a good job, but uh, they did let him go. Right. Do you ever, uh, the managers who you've covered, do you call them skip? No, no. So having a manager named Skip, you could actually just call him call him Skip. That'd be good. It's his first name and his job title. That'd be good. Number two, I'm intrigued by Don Mattingly, and it's for one very silly reason. He's AJ Preller's baseball hero, and if you had a, as chance, a baseball player, but perhaps as a, not as a manager, that is a wonderful point. <laughs> Maybe Kevin, that's a good place to leave it. I'm sure we'll be talking here soon. Maybe the next time we talk, they'll have it. Maybe a Cy Young Award winner or a new manager. Knowing the way AJ Preller operates, maybe a $300 million player. Who knows? Yep. GM meetings first week in November. Um, I, I assume when they get the, the new manager, we'll, uh, it'll be before that. And uh, we'll probably do this again. But that's up to you. You're the boss. Let's remember that. And I'm aligned with you. But I'm yes. not a yes man. You, you, challenge, you challenge me and I challenge you. Mm-hmm. Yet we are still aligned. That'll do it for this episode of the Hot Lava Podcast. For Kevin Acey, I'm Ryan Finley. We'll see you next time.